0: Scripture reading today is found in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared; we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father Welcome to those of you who are here, welcome for those of you who are at home uh, watching our very first live stream. Glad you could be a part of us today. Just want to remind you that we will be uh, reconvening our in-person services next Sunday and uh, registration will open tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock and uh, you're limited to 15% capacity so make sure you get in there earlier. This past week, I was reflecting on my life. I think it's something you do when you're getting older, but I was reflecting specifically on how many years of my life I have spent enrolled in formal education. Kindergarten to grade 12, 13 years. Undergrad degree, four years. Master's degree, 14 years to complete a two-year program, that's a story for another time, but let's just say some things can't be rushed. I've been alive for 55 years and I have been enrolled in formal education for 31 of those 55 years. In addition to being a student, I have served as an adjunct faculty member teaching college students for 18 years. Now I think that most students would agree that one of the most frustrating experiences when getting an education is participation in group projects. Because most often, either you have to do all the work if you're gonna get a a good grade, or because the others aren't helping out, you inevitably are going to get a low grade and there's nothing you can do about it other than be frustrated because the other members of the group often do not do their part. Group projects work best when the members of the group understand the importance of working together in a partnership toward a common goal. The same could be said about a church community, that Jesus' mission is best fulfilled in a church community where the members of the community understand the importance of working together in partnership with each other, being towards a common goal. And so today we are continuing our summer series, which we've entitled Christ-Centered Community, based on a, the, the writings of First John. Now, 1 John was written to a community of believers whose unity was being threatened because of the rise of differing theological opinions, and the writer of 1 John is attempting to get the community to focus on Jesus rather than on the opinions that divided them. So today we're gonna to be looking at 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, and we will see today that experiencing eternal life in Jesus inspires unity within the church community and ultimately propels our mission forward. A partnership with Jesus that results in relationship with one another is only possible when we understand who Jesus is. Now, five times in the four verses we read today, the writer uses a Greek word that when translated into English simply means who, who, who was from the beginning, who we have heard, who we have seen with our eyes, who we have looked at and our hands have touched. We proclaim to you who we have seen and heard in a church community that was divided because some denied that Jesus was God, while others denied that Jesus was a man, the author of 1 John begins by his writing by focusing on who Jesus is. And so the first thing he tells us about Jesus is this, Jesus is God. Now last week in the introduction sermon, we stated that John was, uh, the Gospel of John was written approximately 10, or sorry, First John was written approximately 10 years after the Gospel of John was written, and references many of the teachings found in the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, it reads this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In 1st John chapter 1 verse 1 it reads who was from the beginning who we have heard who we have seen with our eyes who we have looked at and our hands have touched this we proclaim concerning the word of life now you will notice that in John 1 there are two significant words that are also included in 1st John 1 and these two significant words are beginning and word the greek word logos is translated word in english and literally refers to jesus so in in john 1 what we're we're reading there is in the beginning was uh, i'm sorry in the beginning was jesus and jesus was god and it was with god and jesus was god in First John chapter one, we read, he who was from the beginning, who we have heard, who we have seen with our eyes, who we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning Jesus. Jesus is the word. And Jesus existed in the beginning. Now beginning means the time prior to the creation of the world. In both John's gospel and in first John, The writers are stating starting by stating clearly up front that jesus is god and that he existed before the creation of the world first john opens with the reminder of the message that they had heard when they first became followers of jesus that jesus is god and so as we outlined last week some of those who were a part of this church community had come from Jewish backgrounds and they were struggling with the specific teaching of the apostles that Jesus was the Son of God. The Jewish Christians were committed to Jesus, but many of them were still loyal to Judaism and found it difficult to accept that Jesus was God. That designation was too high for them. So right from the very first sentence the writer of first john addressed this heresy that was hurting the unity of the church by emphatically stating that jesus is god the second thing the writer highlights is jesus is human jesus who is god who was with god from the beginning he says has now appeared to us once again the writer references the Gospel of John, chapter one, verse 14, which we read, the Word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory. Heaven and earth were brought together as God became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, many of the leaders and members of this church community were actually around prior to jesus ascension back into heaven they were around for a portion of jesus ministry and so the writer states that they have heard jesus firsthand they've seen him with their eyes their hands have touched him they were eyewitnesses to jesus and his ministry the one who is god the one who existed before the creation of the world, the one who was with the Father had become God incarnate, taking on human flesh, stepping into history, and God was revealed to them. Now, we outlined last week that some of those who were a part of this church community had also come from Greek backgrounds, and they were struggling with this specific teaching that Jesus was God who became flesh and died for their sins, because these Greek Christians came from pagan religious backgrounds and were heavily influenced by worshiping many gods and by Greek philosophy, and so many of them were influenced by the belief that all material things, all matter, everything we see around us is actually evil, and so Jesus becoming a man, becoming a part of the material things around us, well, that was a problem for them because God, if he was really god would never become evil by taking on human form and so once again we see right from the very first sentence now i want you to know i say the first sentence because if you are actually reading this passage in the original greek language that it was written in the first sentence is actually three and a half verses of the four that we read this morning and so from that very first sentence the the writer addressed the heresy that was hurting the unity of this church by emphatically stating that Jesus was God incarnate. In other words, Jesus was God who had come in human form. Jesus is God and Jesus is human. The third and final thing that we see in our passage today is Jesus is life. Five times in our passage, there's a reference to the words declaring, making known, proclaiming. And so the question that begs to be answered is, what is the message that is being declared? What is being made known? What is it that is being proclaimed? Well, the message is quite literally and actually Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the message. And so specifically the message is this, Because Jesus is God and came in the flesh and died in the flesh, eternal life is possible. Now in the Gospel of John and in 1 John, when the term eternal life is used, it's understood to mean salvation. That God provides a spiritual quality of life to every believer through Jesus Christ, his son that having a relationship with the Father is only possible through Jesus the Son. So eternal life is not something reserved only for the future. We often think of eternal life in those terms, but it's not uh, just confined to only the future. It's something that a believer experiences the moment they enter into a relationship with the Father through Jesus, and then extends into eternity. God has revealed himself through Jesus, and the result of, for those who believe in Jesus is salvation, eternal life. The author declares that the salvation that God makes possible through Jesus results in fellowship, fellowship with the Father, Fellowship with the Son. Now the word fellowship here means a partnership. A partnership that is is created because there is something that is shared together, something important that is shared together. The believers in this particular church ministry had or a church community had fellowship with God, were in a partnership with God because of Jesus. The church community proclaimed god's salvation through jesus which resulted in a partnership and a relationship with god that was eternal for all who accepted and believed but that was not all the author also says this so that you also may have fellowship with us now fellowship or partnership with jesus results in fellowship and partnership with one another in the church community. This church was experiencing broken fellowship, broken partnerships, disunity with one another because of their differing theological opinions and perspectives. And the writer is attempting to get them to refocus on Jesus because when varying opinions and preferences threaten the unity of the church community, We've said in our first week that that threat can be averted by focusing on Jesus. And so the fellowship, the partnership between the members of this church community was broken. And if fellowship, if partnership with one another was broken, then fellowship and relationship with Jesus was broken because one of them flows from the other. And so the only way back was refocusing on their relationship with the father through Jesus and the only way to do that was by believing that Jesus was who he said he was and who they have been taught that he was and so if they're willing to do this instead of disunity and broken fellowship the author says their joy will be full it will be complete it will be filled to the brim It starts with their relationship with Jesus it extends to their relationship with one another and it ultimately brings a fulfillment and joy to their lives now there are two observations that I would like to draw from our scripture today the first one is eternal life Jesus is life that's what our scripture is teaching us today Jesus is life eternal life in Jesus is salvation. And salvation is only possible through a relationship with Jesus. I believe that there is a longing, a hunger, a desire within all of us that can only be satisfied, that can only be fulfilled through experiencing Jesus. Now, the truth be told, many of us try to fill that void. Uh, you know, in our lives in in many other kinds of ways. We try to fill it with material things. We try to fill our lives, you know, fulfillment through our jobs, through our relationships that we have, through our hobbies that we spend our time with, the places we travel to, the accomplishments that that we're able to, uh, you know, rack up in our lives. But the truth be told that even after all of these things, many of us still end each day longing for purpose and meaning and joy and fulfillment because something is missing and that something is relationship with Jesus. I believe we've been created to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And when that is missing, nothing can or will ever fill that void. Jesus is the answer to the longing, to the searching, to the hunger in our lives. And so believing in Jesus, allowing him, allowing him to bring us into relationship with the Father and subsequently with a church community of fellow believers, well that will radically radically change our lives. There are many in our church community that would would testify that Jesus has radically changed their lives. And so I wanna encourage you this morning that you too can have this experience, that you too can have a life-changing encounter with Jesus who is the word of life. The second thing I wanna share from our passage today is in terms of unity. The church community being addressed in our scripture today consisted of many people who claimed to be believers, but the way they were living out their lives did not reflect a relationship with Jesus. The unity of this church was threatened, and the author has is desperately trying to help them see Jesus for who he really is. There is a breakdown, there was a breakdown between what they claimed to believe and how what they believed was lived out in their church community. Relationship with Jesus always leads to a relationship with others within our faith, our church community. If our relationship with others is not what it should be, it's a reflection that our relationship with Jesus is not what it should be. And so to repair our relationship with others in the church community, we must begin by focusing on our individual relationship with Jesus. Now this is important for our personal relationship with Jesus, but it's also important for our relationships within the church community. Now I would like to suggest that it's also important as we attempt to carry out the mission of Jesus beyond the walls of our church community into our surrounding community. See, I believe that we will never effectively love our community the way Jesus desires us to love. We will never be able to help our community the way Jesus desires us to help. We will never reach our community with the message of Jesus unless we are first unified and a Christ-centered community. To reach the community, we must be a community. I want to repeat that. To reach the community, we must be a community. And we cannot be a community if our relationship with Jesus is not what it should be. The strength and the success of our mission, our mission, which is the mission of Jesus that he's given us to carry on, our strength and success of that mission is dependent on on the unity within our church community that flows from our individual relationships with Jesus. And any adjustments that need to be made must be made there. So, in conclusion this morning, the message that we live, the message that we proclaim is this eternal life, salvation is only found. In jesus christ that's the message we live and proclaim and experiencing eternal life in jesus inspires unity within the church community and ultimately propels our mission outward i'm going to pass it over to tyler to lead us this morning before we come back and conclude our service in prayer